Double, double, toil and trouble. Some topics discussed may make people uncomfortable. For fair is foul and foul is fair. On this podcast, we will definitely swear. A lot. Now round the cauldron go. Trigger warnings listed in the notes below. Thrice and once the hedge pig whined. The cocktails cry. It's time. It's time. By the pricking of my thumbs, something wicked this way comes. Maiden, mother, crone. Plot twist, we're all the crone. The stories aren't all made up and the points don't matter. Welcome listeners to The Weird Sisters, a podcast about the blurst and bizarre and all the things you are happier not knowing about. the lynching tree branch that you hang your man from my name is tay and i'm just a really sexy horse (laughs) (laughs) it's a really sexy horse (laughs) fucking hell okay uh my name is Lacey, and i am an abandoned but not so empty house (gasps) oh i like that that's That's ominous and welcome to our annual Father's Day episode on Shit Dads. <laughs> <laughs> that was nice. I like the little sound effect then. <laughs> we were actually we recording sh- this on we Father's sh- Day. Yes. Did everybody do their phone call? Yes. I did. I did a video chat with my whole fam who regret that we are still in lockdown. Oh, wow. that's good. That's well, nice. My dad got his uh, annual Daryl Lee Dad's bag, which yeah. forever will always be the go for him. <laughs> Fuck yeah. And... I got him some uh, audible credits so he can listen to some tragedy, maritime tragedy. That he's into. <laughs> That's an excellent While present. He's out on the farm. Lovely. Mm-hmm. That is an that. excellent present. I was a banned from getting any uh, chocolates or lollies for my dad this year. So I got him a very bougie cordless nose head trimmer um, and a massage <gasps> voucher. What a dad core. What? That's two very dad core gifts, actually. Facial hair. Yeah. And- Accoutrement and massages. Very good. Yes. Dad got a uh, phone call from me in between shifts at his restaurant, and it was very quick and brief, but it was very heartfelt and genuine. It was wonderful. Well, he always makes lovely. fun of me for living in Melbourne because he lives in Broome, where it is always sunny and warm and nice, but I would not thrive in that uh, weather. So jokes on you, Dad. <laughs> My parents also do that to me with their perfect weather yeah. over in WA, which they like to show me. They're like, oh, look, cloudless sky beautiful green foliage shame not here mm-hmm. like it's really not because i'm so white that i just sunburn the second i land in that country <laughs> as soon as you cross the border you just turn red like a lobster through the plane window the sun goes for me it's horrible <laughs> excellent yeah i don't have that with my parents it's like they're like oh mum, my mum's like i made some biscuits from scratch and pumpkin soup is on the hob and then look outside we have the fire going and the frost is with the cows and it's just a good time it sounds nice, amazing. Really nice place. Oh, that sounds so nice. Mm. I definitely have to do a, a reader's retreat to Talendoon. Yes, please. Yes, please. Yeah. Rory's, please. I really, really enjoyed when um, I went over to the tiny house in the last October. And that was mm. freaking amazing. Really, really nice. Did a writer's retreat up there. Had a great time. Did some shrooms. <laughs> Mate, all those, all those good ideas. Welling up. Welling up. Well, also well enough. Anyway, Anyway. so from shrooms to uh, dads, um, (laughs) Laura, you're starting off today. Okay. Well, this 
story doesn't even have a wikipedia page so <gasps> i did a lot of research for this i no wikipedia page and i found like like microfilm of the newspaper articles and shit holy shit oh, yeah I'm so ready. yeah yeah so have either of you ever heard of albert newton lackey as a buffering go with no. my head, I'm going to say no. Okay. I heard another bad dad named Albert, but that's for another time. <laughs> Fish. <laughs> well, we're going to call him fucking Al. Al Lackey. Um, happy Father's Day, Daddy. Uh, so, <laughs> okay. So this story is um, August 24, 1885, which is actually Ooh. a few days before my birthday and a couple of centuries, but it's fine. Um, so in Texas, uh, Blanco County, Albert Newton Lackey, so Al, uh, he was probably somewhere between 36 and 41. Like I found a bunch of different dates for his headstone, uh, and exactly when he was born, but he was a civil war veteran, uh, who had a homestead. So he was a farmer in a very small town called Sandy. So he's a big dude. He's like really imposing and strong with a gray beard. Apparently like this gets echoed over and over again. Because people kept saying that he was known to be quite violent and people didn't want to have anything to do with him. Like, don't get on his bad side, even if he doesn't have a weapon in his hands. Because oh, he's God. fucking big. Good. <laughs> exactly. So, scary dude. Don't fucking cross him. So, on August 24th, 1885, around 2pm, Lackey mounts his horse and rides over to the house of John Green. Uh, apparently, he wants to borrow some money. No one's home, so he just walks in as you do. Um, and instead he took a Winchester rifle with six rounds and gun in hand rode over to his older brother's house. Barry. His full Barry. name's... I ne- know, oh, exactly. This fucking threw me because I was like, what? Sesquiler. Um, yeah. His name is Nathaniel Greenberry Lackey Jr. But he went with Barry. Woo. Just yeah. fucking call yourself Nathan. Like, so would I. Why? cute. <laughs> I mean, like, sure, but I don't know. Fucking... Seems like a dumb name. Okay. <laughs> Get fuck out of Nathan. Get just because I saw his name so many fucking times in this, just Barry over and over again. And every time Barry. I just had like a little vision of a man with a berry for a head and it wigged me out. That's beautiful. Too, anyway. too much shrooms. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. Um, so according to WikiTree, Alan Berry had 11 siblings, as you do in 1800s. Uh, had no idea if all of them lived, but they were two of the many, many siblings. Um, mm. And they both also had pretty big families. Like Al had five kids, Berry had eight. Right. So... When Al gets to Barry's house, uh, Barry's wife and Al's sister-in-law, Isabel, uh, Isabel Adeline Jackson, Gorgeous. was sat on the porch with her infant daughter in her lap, singing and rocking the baby, just having a nice day. Oh. Um, Al shot her where she sat, instantly killing her. Oh. Uh, yep. So we're getting straight into it. Um, yep. The baby was found hours later asleep on her lap and just covered in blood. So baby was fine, but poor Isabel was very dead. So Barry heard the shot and emerged from the house to find his wife dead on the porch. Uh, and he ran basically like, as you do, um, trying to escape from his brother. Uh, Al immediately gave chase. And unfortunately about a hundred yards from the house, Barry tripped and fell. No, Um, no, that horror movie trope. (laughs) (laughs) I know it's been around for a long time. Uh, so Al walked towards him calm as his brother begged for mercy and just shot him straight in the head again, Ah. killing him instantly. 
Um, Barry's son, who had also heard the gunshot that killed his mum, witnessed the scene from afar and heard his father beg for his life on his hands and knees uh, and was shot in the head. And then Al got back on his horse and rode on. Nice. Okay. So he didn't stop there. Apparently he came upon a neighbour while he was riding onto the next house that he intended to have a stop at. Uh, this neighbour's called John Nicholson, and Al forced him to ride with him to the home of an elderly couple called Mr. and Mrs. James Stokes. No! Yeah. Not an old couple. So, <laughs> when Al arrived, he shot and killed both uh, Mr. and Mrs. Stokes, as well as their daughter, Fanny, who was actually Al's niece by marriage. Um, <gasps> he apparently also cut Fanny's throat after shooting her. Okay. Just John, double yeah, tap. Exactly. Jesus. Double yep. tap. Yep. Just to make sure. Um, so apparently John Nicholson, the neighbour that had been like riding with him, uh, was never found dead or alive um, at all. Like he just was assumed to have either been killed and then run off and sort of like died somewhere and they never found his body, which seems wild. But like apparently it's a big place and there's not many people there. So I guess it's possible. Mm. So then Al rode back to his house. Uh, he found his 14-year-old daughter, Martha, and his wife, Ailey. He shot Martha, who did not die instantly, oh. but was not able to be saved. She oh. died eventually, days later. Oh, oh grim. Yeah. Yup. Holy shit. He attempted to do the same to Ailey, but by now he'd run out of rounds. Oh. So... Oh, no. Ailey... <laughs> Ailey snatched up one of their kids, a little baby girl, and ran. Al chased her down with a knife. Um... But she managed to lose him in a stand of trees, like a thicket of in a field somewhere, basically. Mm. Or he gave up either one. Like, the reports are kind of weird. So it sounds like he kind of just stopped and she sort of had managed to lose him, but mostly he was just like, ah, fuck it. But she did watch him take the knife and attempt to slit his own throat. Oh. It didn't kill him. And we don't know if he did it because he wanted to kill himself or if he was trying to make it look like he had been attacked. Yeah. But uh, it didn't kill him. He wrapped a handkerchief around his throat, got back on his horse, and rode off into town. So on the way to town, he meets up with another man, a neighbour, who's also on a horse. And this man's name is either Thomas Brunswick or Al Bundick or something like that. (laughs) There's a lot of, like, varying reports. Um, Media in, like, the 1800s was not fantastic. (laughs) Like, it was just... Yeah, exactly. Um, And a lot of this was coming over, like, telegraphs for the first time and things like that. So it was difficult to get information everything i read was very slightly different some of them repeated details Mm. one of the most complete stories was actually not written until 1936 so it's hard to say exactly what happened and who actually had like who died uh because even like whether or not it was fanny on the porch where she got shot with the baby or it was isabel is contested but both women definitely died so this is so fascinating because there's always those those are questions it's like oh if you could go back in time what would you go what where would you go i would go to like shit like this and be like what happened i want to know what happened at hinterkaifeck yeah oh my god me too yes i think about that all the time or like and i want to know whether uh what's her face with the axe um oh uh, lizzie borden yeah i want to know yeah. if lizzie borden did it yeah lizzie or borden like, took or- an axe gave her father 40 wax <laughs> Exactly. And when she saw that what she had done, she gave her mother 41? Was that yep. the rhyme? I think it's mother That's... first, because mother died first and then father died, I think. Oh, I'm, those are the, the, only, the only crime scene photos that I'm glad are in black and white. 
Oh, really? Oh, they are oh. grim. They are so grim. Yeah. They're not great. No, they are not. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I would love to, exactly. I also would love to travel back in time to know things like this. Cause like a past a hundred year point, you're like, we're never going to know. Mm. We'll never no know. No one lives anymore. We'll never know. So. Sorry. Carry no, the good, good aside. <laughs> anyway. So either Thomas Brunswick or Al Bundick, who I, who knows? Thomas slash Al. They the rode together. Horse. Man on a horse. They rode together into town. Um, and Brunswick slash Brundick was ignorant of the fact that Al had just murdered a bunch of fucking people. Hmm. Uh, but he did notice a handkerchief, but he thought it was just red, not blood-soaked, which it was. Oh, my God. Um, yeah, exactly. So apparently Lackey trailed behind and then really suddenly, because his horse was faster, attacked, um, lunging at Brunswick slash Bundick uh, from his horse and managed to slash him multiple times with the knife. Um, and Brunswick slash Bundick either escaped or... Fell from his horse, and Al was just like, meh, he's dead, or I don't give a fuck. I I got what I wanted. I'm going to leave now. He bailed. (laughs) Hmm. So he just rode on to town, and about two miles away from town, he was peacefully captured by the sheriff. Uh, Al claimed he'd been attacked, and a doctor basically sewed up his neck and formed a posse of men to go and hunt down Brunswick slash Bundick, who they said was the attacker. Hmm. However... Al's son had just approached the sheriff, like, pretty much minutes before Al had gotten to town. Because um, he'd run, instead of when Al went on his little journey to go and murder extra people. Um, <laughs> Good luck. Al Smart. had gone straight, uh, Al's son had gone straight back to Sandy, had found the sheriff, and been like, my dad's murdering people. What the fuck? Um, so he witnessed his father kill his sister. He did not know how many people were dead. So, basically, the sheriff just arrested him, was like... I know that you have fucking murdered a lot of people today, so we'll just keep you here in this cell. Um, They found Brunswick slash Bundick badly wounded, and again, sources vary on whether or not he died or whether or not he recovered. Um, Most things seem to think that, like, he died, especially when they take into account the number of people that Al eventually killed. But at the same time, like, there's two or three different newspaper articles that were like, he is expected to recover, and then Mm. never report on it again. Yeah. So... By this point, the sheriff has gone and found Ailey Lackey, Al's wife, and she has told of her escape and witnessing her husband savagely cut his own throat. At the end of the day, August 24th, six or eight people are dead. So we have Al's sister-in-law, Isabel Lackey, Fanny Lackey, his niece, her parents, Mr. and Mrs. J.C. Stokes, James Stokes, um, Al's daughter, Martha, Al's brother, Barry, and potentially... Brunswick slash Bundick and John Nicholson, the guy who went missing and never disappeared, never yep. reappeared again. Jesus. So busy man. Busy, mm. busy dude. So there's a lot of people dead. Doesn't look good. Um, yep. One of the blogs that I found, which was written by like a great grand, great, great granddaughter of one of the siblings or a grand niece, I guess of Al. Um, she put together like a timeline and the blog went that Hearing the gunfire, John Nicholson rode up to his neighbor's house. According to my grandmother, realizing what Al had done, John rode for a while with him attempting to talk Al out of what he was doing and trying to get him to turn himself in. Al liked John and wished him no harm. They reached the house of James Stokes. Albert then kills Mrs. Stokes and Mrs. Stokes and John slips away. John apparently got away in the confusion and would later link up with the posse that was forming to find the killer. 
So mm. maybe John died. Maybe John didn't die. Maybe he disappeared forever. Who fucking knows? Maybe John wasn't even there because there were some things that never mentioned him. Who once. fucking knows? Yeah. But when we look at like uh, I've mentioned, obviously that Fanny is Al's niece. There's like a really weird family history here, and it is relevant. So Al married Ailey, mm-hmm. the wife who watched him cut his own throat, but. Ailey had previously been married to James, which was Al's older brother, and he died. Uh, There's no proof. Exactly. I think there was actually, like, this might just be my terrible memory that's mixed up a bunch of shit, but there is something that I've heard of before where historically if a sibling died, a male sibling died, and there was another unmarried male sibling, often they would marry the widow. Yep. Um, yeah. To like basically try and keep the fortunes or whatever together, or just take care of their si- their siblings, kids, and wife, and all that shit. Oh. Um, so that may have been what happened here, and the brother may have died in the civil war, which seems really likely. But who knows? It was the eighteen hundreds. Everyone just fucking died yep. because it was the eighteen hundreds. Strong wind would fucking kill you, wouldn't it? Yeah. yeah, exactly. It's like that meme that's all about like what has things that have killed pe- women in literature. A strong breeze. <laughs> a man laughed too loudly in the same room. <laughs> um, yeah, so they're married, and then Fanny, Al's niece, was married to Charles. Charles is Ailey's son by James. So Ailey and James are married. James dies. Al marries Ailey uh, because take yeah. care of your brother's kid mm. and wife. Um, so therefore, Fanny is Al's niece-in-law, his niece by marriage. Yeah. Okay. So, basically, at this point, Al is imprisoned in the Blanco County Jail, and the bori- bodies of all his victims are literally just buried the next day, because it's like Texas and really fucking hot. Yep. Um, Get him gone. Exactly. So smell. there was... <laughs> yeah. And also, like, you know who did it. Like, yeah. <laughs> there's nothing to do for... No mystery no... here. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so the graves apparently like one of the things i read was like oh the graves are unmarked we don't know where they are but then the very next blog i looked at had pictures of the gravestones (laughs) don't know where the fuck that came from but you can see the gravestones um and they do match up with dates and everything and they even say like murdered by his brother so it's nice wild like just to give you an idea of how conflicting a lot of this information is which i thought was interesting Hmm. um so, they are still there in Sandy Cemetery. Now, a day later, which is August 26th, a man riding into town comes across a party of apparently 75 to 80 men. Um, he joins them for supper, and then after dark, the group actually do ride into town, which is the same town where Al is kept in jail. Mm. Apparently they were super orderly and quiet, they went straight to the jail, and then citizens witness the mob approach... And apparently a guy who knew several of the leaders asked them to keep down any commotion as there is a sick woman recuperating in a building nearby. So just keep it the fuck down. Please. If you yell, she'll die. <laughs> exactly. Don't yell too loudly. This woman is very sick. Um, was, that the, um, was that the daughter who died a couple of days later? No, I don't believe so. I think this was someone else. Everybody but, uh, be sick in, yeah, exactly. in Texas at this time. Okay. <laughs> Everyone's sick all the time. Um, actually it might be, that was really interesting, but I didn't find anything that said this was to be the case and Uh I feel like it would have been mentioned, Mm. but yeah. So again, two different versions of what happened then. Um, either the sheriff and the officers are overpowered or they just didn't give a shit and they didn't put up a fight to stop the mob at all. Um, (laughs) one of the newspaper articles that I found said, quote, 
Last night, a mob of 50 men approached a sheriff and demanded the keys to the jail. He told them he did not have them. They went to the jailer and asked if he did have them. And he said, yes, but you'll never get them. I'm an officer of the law and will do my best always. Which sounds real fucking Shakespearean. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, it sounds like someone is trying to prove that they really tried to stop the mob from taking the keys. But they grasped him and after a terrific struggle in which he made several futile attempts to draw his weapon and was badly bruised, mm. they overpowered him, secured the keys and opened the jail. Again, that sounds like a lot of wank for someone that was... He gave, the <laughs> yeah. Yeah. he gave them the keys. Yeah. He gave them the keys. He pissed his pants and just gave them over. Yep. yep. Buy me a pint later on. <laughs> exactly. Yep. So, Al's cell's thrown open, and the mob leader advised Al that he would come with them to pay for his crimes. Al apparently tried to fight back with the metal bucket that he'd been given to piss in, uh, and they didn't give a shit. They just grabbed him and dragged him from the cell. <laughs> Good times. Enough. Uh, they, this, <laughs> is, this is Texas in the 1880s. We love piss. We bathe in it. Yeah. <laughs> they, that wasn't a threat to them. <laughs> Precisely. I mean, like, ammonia's got health properties. Yeah. <laughs> Some people put it in their washing machines still. People like who? Yeah. Just people that, piss? like, read Gwyneth Paltrow's goop blog and mm. shit. Apparently, they put, like, a cup of their piss in their washing machine because ammonia's good for it. Fucking you no, it's not. buy ammonia. Like, you just get ammonia. <laughs> yeah. And also, like, I don't think it's straight away. I think you have to let piss sit for a while mm. before. I don't know. Just let it marinate. <laughs> fucking I'm idiots. Not, I'm not a fucking scientist. I'm just going to say that now. I don't know shit. <laughs> About, About piss. piss. <laughs> About piss. And neither does Gwyneth Paltrow. So. Anyway, okay. the lynching. The lynching. <laughs> So they decide to take Al out of town. There is a tree in town that apparently got used for hanging relatively often, but they were like, nah, we don't want anyone to watch this, this 75-person strong mob. Um, So they go to an oak tree uh, just outside of town, and Lim suggested for the lynching. But then Al spoke up after being stonily silent the whole way there, and he said, that limb is too low and almost over the road. So they didn't use that one, they picked a different one. (laughs) Um, they backed the wagon that Al had been trussed up beneath it. A noose was placed around his throat. It was suggested that he be shot instead because the deep cut he'd made in his own throat might make it uncomfortable. (laughs) Inhumane lynching. Oh no. (laughs) (laughs) They just, and then that guy was obviously shouted down. Everyone was like, fuck no. (laughs) Um, so basically they were like, okay, we're going to put a chair in the back of the wagon. You're going to stand on the chair. And when the wagon pulls away, you're going to jump so it breaks your neck, which is more humane than you dying by strangulation. Mm. Uh, Like he said, yeah, okay. And then the wagon pulled away and he didn't fucking do what he was told and his neck didn't break and he did not fall. So he died very slowly over several minutes by strangulation. Jesus. Always believe the mob, right? (laughs) (laughs) They know what's good for you. (laughs) I don't know if it was one of those things where he's like just being a dick. Or, like, if it was, like, to be like, I'm not going to do what you tell me. Or uh, if he just wanted it to be more painful for himself. Or if he somehow thought he would get out of it if he didn't do what they told him. But either way, he fucked up. Um, so, before he was lynched, while he was sitting on the back of the wagon, or standing on the back of the chair, whatever, um, he asked if, was asked if he had any final words, any final requests. And he did. Uh, so he asked if he would be allowed to hunt down and kill the seven remaining people he'd failed to slaughter. Ah. Uh, 
He said, ambitious. I did the killing and I intended to kill two more families out there if I had the time, but my gun played out and I went crazy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. okay. Mm. Yeah, that's one version of what he said. There is another one. and I thought this was very funny mm-hmm. as well. So we're going to go through this too. Yes. Um, so when Lackey was asked if he had anything to say, he replied, I have. In reply to the question, why did you kill them? He replied, they were fixing to mob me. It was then after he did not remember that his brother Barry had told him on the morning of the killing that Al had better leave the country and go far away as he could from it. And Al replied, yes, I do remember that. Did you kill everyone you felt you were disposed to kill? No, he replied. I did not. Six are still living who I intended to kill. Do you wish to pray? I have been praying, said the wretched man. Then turning to an old man in the crowd, he said, you pray for me. But the old man declined, saying, the Bible does not teach me to pray for those such as you. It does, Ooh. though. <laughs> no, exactly. It does. <laughs> That's kind of the point of most of the Bible, but whatever. Pick and choose. Pick and choose. Uh, so, yeah, I just thought that was that was from a direct newspaper quote in the New York Times, um, which even got his fucking name wrong, but it was really interesting. <laughs> so the rope stretched so much from the weight of Al's body that a second noose had to be thrown over the tree limb to hoist Lackey higher because his boots were dragging on oh, the ground. Jesus. <laughs> yep. yep. And then the mob dispersed and just fucking left him there. Um, mm. As you do. I mean, like, why yeah. the fuck would you cut him down? Yeah, the well, next they day... To, they, yeah, they had to buy that pint for the jailer. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Um, so an inquest was made the next day and apparently a sketch was made and I tried really hard to find the sketch, but I couldn't fucking find it. Um, but the inquest turned up unknown persons killed him. (laughs) (laughs) So those 50 to 75 people from this tiny ass fucking town that probably was made of 55 to 70 people, um, who heaps of people saw and someone even asked to keep it the fuck down for the dying woman whose loud yell would yeah. probably kill her. <laughs> um, no one knows who did it. No fucking idea. Oh, but love. in the paper, oh. there was a photo of four dudes titled, These are the men that hung Albert Newton Lackey. Oh. <laughs> but they had no idea who did it. No yeah, idea. No, no one idea. was ever charged for it. There was never any problem. Um, and in the newspaper, another newspaper, not the one that had the photo of the four dudes, uh, was a title, Act Universally Approved. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody gave a shit. Everyone was just like, fuck this guy. That's, um, you know what? So Fair. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Fair. Exactly. This is one of those things where you're like, the mob justice was pretty good here. Mm. I'm, I'm not mad about I'm it. I'm looking the away. The death sentence is approved. I did not see it. <laughs> exactly um, and I, the photo which I will add and put on our Instagram for us because yes, it's, it's cool, it's cool to see um, apparently the men in the photo are Francis Aaron Lackey who is the son of one of Albert's other brothers, Thomas mm. um, Sheriff Colvin Pruitt who is brother-in-law to Albert um, and who would attempt to kill his sister Albert's wife yeah. uh, so that was yeah, another person who obviously would have given a shit, the sheriff um, James C. and Charles C., who were the stepsons of Albert and the sons of James Lackey, who was brother to Albert, uh, and Charles' wife, who had been killed, which was Fanny. They mm. were also her brothers. Um, so, yeah, everyone in this town is fucking related, and everyone went hard on Al after he decided to murder them all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So... His body's cut down, and he was buried in a field near the First Baptist Church. Um, there's an article... 
that I found that had the title Too Easy a Death, which sounds fucking intense considering he literally strangled to death. But Jesus. he did kill a lot of fucking people in a horrible way, so deserved. Mm. Um, the gravesite is apparently lost. Supposedly that field is now part of a high school. Oh, uh, ooh, nice. grim. <laughs> oh, yep. nice. I also have photos of the gravesite that uh, someone provided from his descendants mm. from, like, the 60s, which is really cool. Mm, nice. So, why did he do it? Uh, which was really interesting, because, like, a lot of it didn't really even bother. They're just like, he murdered a lot of people, as you do. Mm. Um, and when you look at, like, a lot of the microfilm for this, like, particular county, like, every couple of years... Uh, because I, I don't know if they just didn't have a paper. I'm assuming they didn't. And, like, anything that was reported uh, for the town was, like, other papers that serviced a wider area or, like, a nearby city. So any time that this particular county popped up, it was just, like, every couple of years rather than having a regular paper. Yep. Um, but any time it did pop up, it was someone stabbing someone, someone strangling someone, someone murdering a bunch of people. Oh, so this was not a nice place to live by the looks of things. No, yeah. please. I will not be visiting. Thank you. Mm. No. No, thank you. Um, so there's rumours at the time that Lackey had been molesting his daughter, the 14-year-old <gasps> girl, Martha. Mm-hmm. Possibly also one of his stepdaughters, Mary. Um, there's a newspaper article that basically said that Martha was pregnant and she had confirmed <gasps> to her doctor that her father was the author of her ruin. Oh, my God. Oh, that's so metal. So fucking poetic in the 1800s. Right? Jesus Christ. The mm. author of my ruin. Fuck. Right. So good. Really so good. Sandy, the town that all of this happened, is now a ghost town. Um, mm. People don't live there anymore. Because cool. they've all killed each other off. Well, it's... potentially. <laughs> the town is cursed. Um, the tagging tree is still alive. In 2016, there's a photo of it. Um, and it is the tree, like, because there's photos of it throughout the ages sort of thing that Mm. you can track down and if you go on google maps you can actually find it because it's right next to a road cool if you want to find it it's about a mile west of blanco county uh on old route 66 aka river road in that area Hmm. so i wanted to read you because i'm almost done uh a little excerpt of one of the articles that i found oh yes please um so, the reported lynching of our Lockie, which is Lackey, but they misspelled it because New York Times just yeah. didn't get it right. Of that, yeah. Ethical journalism. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Facts. Um, so, is confirmed by the stage driver who arrived here this morning. He says that on 9 o'clock on Wednesday night, a party of about 60 unmasked men stormed the jail, overpowered the sheriff, and carried Lockie to a neighbouring tree. When asked whether he had ruined his daughter, as was rumoured, Lackey replied that, he did not remember having committed such an act. He did not inquire whether his daughter was dead or not and was under the impression that he had killed six persons outright instead of five. For he said he had intended on killing six more and had not done so only because his ammunition gave out. At this point, the mob, not caring to hear any more of his bloodthirsty recital, strung him up to a tree and departed, leaving his body hanging. The driver stated that the body would be still hanging there on the tree when he drove away at 9, 11 o'clock on Thursday morning. Hit. So, nice. fucking hated this dude. Yeah, yeah. yeah oh Everyone hated him. Mm-hmm. It does not end there. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. So 
Final tidbit to leave us off with. Apparently, Al has been pissed off for a long fucking time because he still shows up around the hanging tree <gasps> to make sure that he one day finds these families. Ooh. Um, I know! So, supposedly, if you drive along the Highway 281, which is the same one where the hanging tree is, I don't know why it is called Route 66 in 1 and Highway 281. If there's any American listeners, please explain this to me because I'm really dumb. But, um... It's the same one where the lucky hanging tree apparently sits, and it is now called the lucky hanging tree. Um, and you might see a hitchhiker looking for a ride along the way. He's tall with a full grey beard, wearing a red neckerchief and holding a knife. And he will <gasps> say to you, six are still living who I intended to kill. And that's our lucky. Oh wow. my god! That's so good! No! It's grim! It's so very, grim. very grim. Where did you hear this? Because I've never yeah. heard it. So I went basically, because we were obviously doing dads, I went mm. to a Wikipedia page um, that has a list of familiar sides that have taken place in America. Yep. Oh, and it has, like, start. how many people were injured, how many people were killed, the person who committed it, and also it has um, how they did it, like the predominant way that they killed anyone. Yep. And then, like, a little sort of comment thing on the end. I'm sure you've all seen tables on Wikipedia before. Mm. Yes. Um, yes. So as I was scrolling through it, there were some like really wild ones. And then I found came across this one that had no actual Wikipedia page, but it just said at the end, um, killed by mob. Oh. I was like, I want to Done. know more. I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I just ended up spending a lot of time trying to fucking Google it. Because uh, Wikipedia is really how I get most of my information, which I know is not supposed to be the case, but I don't give a shit. But it's a good jumping off point. Yeah, exactly. Mm. But it was really fun. It yeah. was super, super interesting to to google and learn about so all of my information basically came from findagrave.com uh, wikitree.com the blog that i found that was really really good that had like most of the microfilm that i found um and a lot of the images that i'll put up on our instagram mm. uh was luckymurders.blogspot.com um and then there was also 101 highland lakes highland lakes sorry.com uh with an article about the Jonestown City Ghost Story of Lackey. Uh, and then also I went to txgenwebcounties.org, which was something that basically was just more microfilm, a lot of different junk to like just record all the newspapers in the area that had mentioned anything to do with him whatsoever. Mm. But yeah, that's my story. Like a guys. real nice investigator. Microfilm. Yes. I like that it ended with a ghost story. Yes. Me too. It was really it was good. Really- Fun. I got to, and it also for once I didn't make anyone cry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, our viewers, our listeners were getting a bit like, is she, is she okay? <laughs> I was not, but now I'm better. These <laughs> bitches okay? <laughs> no, they're really not. Mm-mm. When you're already interested in morbid shit, and then you like get bored and lonely, yeah, you go weird places. <laughs> and now we have an obligation to look at the morbid shit. And yes, write it, commit it to memory, and write it down. We can't. We can't uh, push this one out of the the mindset. We have to report back. Exactly. Just back. tell people about it. And mm-hmm. unfortunately, no one I know who I'm allowed to see at the moment, a.k.a. JD, wants to hear anything yeah. else about it ever again. It's like, I'm, I'm, I'm good. <laughs> it's fine. But yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Excellent. Excellent. All righty. Let me just click about, scroll back up. Alrighty. Mm. Show us your notes. Hags. Coming. Yes. Yes. Listeners at home, we have come yes. full circle. <gasps> Send your minds back a little bit to November okay. of 
2019, or as we like to know it as, November. First episode of Weird Sisters podcast. Look how far we've come. Um, oh. Our in our cannibal episode, I told the uh, the story of one Saturn devouring his son. Yes, it was mm. such a good story too. And Kronos and a bunch of other shitty gods who all ate their kids. Um, yep. Lots of shitty dads. We're gonna jump off from that. More shitty dads of mythology. We're gonna branch out a little bit. <gasps> yes. There are some Greek, Tell but no, it's not all Greek. There's some Hinduism. There's, there's some Norse. It's all everywhere. Alrighty. Brilliant. Yeah. Had a lot of fun with this one. Um, because I love I love myths. Especially because this... when you tell them very frankly, they just sound far more stupid and wild than they could ever be written poetically. Oh, so <laughs> yeah, shit. It's so good. Really, really good. Mm-hmm. Um, if... I think both of you have read it now, but if anyone hasn't, I would recommend the Norse mythology um, book by Neil Gaiman, which is basically Mm. him like doing a retelling of certain Norse myths. And they're very funny because it's Neil Gaiman and he's quite funny and like British and straightforward, but also just they're hilarious. Like they're so fucking weird. Yeah. The, the motivation and kind of rationale you can kind of pick up in his retellings is really funny. Yeah. I do I do go into a little bit more detail uh, yes. down the track, so stay tuned at home. Um, so first up, we have the Hindu god Shiva. Mm-hmm. Um, so Shiva, for those of you who don't know, is known as the Destroyer God uh, and makes up the holy trinity of Hinduism along with Brahma, the creator, and Vishnu, the preserver. So mm. the, the, three, the three OGs, basically. Okay. So Vishnu... Um, Brahma, Shiva. So Shiva is normally kind of um, depicted as blue. Forearms, absolutely stunning, as all gods are. Just very, very beautiful. All of the illustrations of these um, gods are just stunning. Everyone is all beautiful. A lot of Hindu gods are really fucking cool looking as well, like Kali, with all her arms and her skull belt and shit. Mm -hmm. So cool. I love it. Yeah, so Shiva has, with his forearms, he's holding a discus, a scepter, a conch shell, and a lotus. And they represent all the aspects of things and stuff. And it's really cool. (laughs) And there's, like, all these different... I I got so caught up looking at the art that I got a little distracted with this one. (laughs) We'll we'll bring it back. I'm getting distracted now. Um, So uh, Shiva also had uh, a partner. But you call her his wife. Her name is Parvati. Um, another stone cold stunner. Absolutely beautiful. Um, so Shiva would often partake in uh, meditative walks. I guess you'd call them. Disappear for a long time. Just up and out. Very godlike. Just be yep. like, you know what? I'm off out. I'll see you whenever. And off they go. <laughs> um, and he would leave Parvati well, alone. Walkabout. Yeah, it's yeah, called walkabout. Yeah. yeah, she was alone. She was bored. And as oh, no. as we often do, um, she sat down for a little bit of a gossip with Lakshmi, the goddess of wealth, luxury, and fertility. Mm-hmm. And she decided to create a son. So Pavadi oh. made a child of clay and earth, constructed oh. him all up, and then blew the essence of life into them, birthing Ganesha. Oh. So Pavadi told Ganesha 
um, to guard her bathhouse while she bathed, not to let anyone in. He's exceptionally loyal, this son. She's like, I understand why she made a kid. She's like, I need a slave. Yeah. <laughs> Please do my do my chores. I'm off. I'm off to do my face masks. I'll be back. Um, yeah. Self care. Yeah. Important. Self-care. More so than being a good parent. <laughs> As we will learn through these next tales. Um, so Ganesh is out there. Guard in the bathhouse, doing as he does. Um, Shiva rocks up, wishes to see his wife. He's been gone for a while. Hey, I'd like to see Pravati. Approaches the bathhouse and is stopped by Ganesha. And he would not let the god pass. Um, so Shiva's pissed. He's like, I let me through. Do you not know who I am? Who the fuck do you think we are? Yeah. And there's um, nearby, seeing all this commotion, uh, there are a bunch of divas. So D-E-V-A-S. Um, mm. which are kind of like other gods, or I guess you'd call them almost demigods. Um, they're mm. trying to convince Ganesha, like, this is Shiva. This is the destroyer. Let him through. <laughs> but the boy is... As you can hear from his name, yeah. he is not great at conversation. He has other methods. Yeah. <laughs> um, but Ganesha's super stubborn. He's like, no. Mum said no. I'm not letting you through. So Bless. it sounds like me yelling yeah. at my sister when my mum has been like, don't eat any snacks before dinner. And I'm like, I will fucking ruin anyone that tries to get into the food cupboard because if I'm not allowed snacks, no Siobhan's not allowed fucking snacks. <laughs> mum said no. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so they have a fight, as gods tend to do. They have a little tussle. And Shiva cuts Ganesha's head clean off. Oh. Yeah, just straight off. Uh, And so Pavati comes out of the bathhouse and fucking loses it. She's grief-stricken. She's mad. My baby is dead. Uh, She gives Shiva an absolute earful and demands that he fix the mess he's made. Uh, Mm -hmm. And so once he realizes, oh, shit, this is my wife's son. Um, (laughs) My my son by proxy, I guess, because he wasn't there for any of the... Yeah, essentially. (laughs) Um, So Shiva replaces Ganesha's head. The only thing that was around at the time, which was an elephant. Uh, oh, that's right. I guess the other head was no good. So he was like, I'm going <laughs> to just give him an elephant head. Um, but that is the creation well, story. Well, cut off from the body. <laughs> yeah. That is the creation story of Ganesha and the story of our first shit dad and or dad by proxy Shiva. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. I didn't know that that was how he got the elephant, elephant head. That's yeah. very cool. Neither did I. I, th- I really liked it. Um, it was because... I don't know much about Hindu gods, and so I was like, yeah, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna do this one first. And I really liked it. As with all good mythos, lots of death, lots of gross yep. stuff, lots of gore. I loved yep. it. It was great. Love it. Mm-hmm. Amazing. The only thing it was missing was weird sex stuff, and I'm ready for some of that because I'm sure you have a lot of it. Oh, there'll be weird, plenty of weird sex stuff coming. Yes. Well, plenty of weird sex stuff. <laughs> Alrighty, <laughs> so let's hop on over to Greece. We're going back to. Mm-hmm. Our Greek roots. Um, Helen of Sparta is taken by Paris to Troy mm-hmm. to yes. become Helen of Troy. Yes. <laughs> um, so her husband, King Menelaus, is not having it, and he's sending all of Greece after her, um, which sparked the ever-famous Trojan War. Um, if you are a mythology kid, as I'm sure all of us millennials are, you remember reading about the Trojan War in some dusty library book when you had no hat, no play, and you learn all about this, and it was really good. <laughs> but it was written in a much more child-friendly manner, I assume. Um, sort of. Sort Some of. Some of those books were a bit fucked up. Weren't they, though? 
Yeah, I loved them. Mm-hmm. They were the best. So we have Menelaus. Um, he gathers his men. All the all the boys are there. Achilles, Ajax, Agamemnon, many others. Yeah, the boys. And off they sail mm-hmm. to Troy. Well, they attempt to. See, Agamemnon uh, done fucked up and pissed oh, off no. the goddess Artemis by, oh, no. by killing a sacred deer. Starring Colin Farrell oh. and Nicole Kidman. <laughs> mm. <laughs> um, now I'm seeing Nicole Kidman's head on a deer's yeah. <laughs> So Artemis just straight out stopped the wind from blowing. So the Greek army could not sail to Troy. No wind, no boat, no stabbing, basically. She's like, I've had enough of you. You silly men, you silly mortals doing all this. Enough. No more no more boats. <laughs> and so, okay. so the lads meet with a seer to see what they can do. Um, what are their options? So the seer Calchas uh, tells them that Artemis is not happy. And as good myths go, Agamemnon must offer a human sacrifice as payment for his mistake. Naturally. So in some versions, I believe the seer specifically tells Agamemnon, it's got to be your daughter. And it's got to be, oh no, a name that I swear I looked up how to pronounce. <laughs> you know what? We're, we're going to give it a crack. Iphigenia. Iphigenia? Very nice. I don't know, but it sounds good. Iphigenia. Iphig- cool. <laughs> yeah. If- yeah, 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 yeah. I'm leaving this in, by the way. <laughs> no, 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 it's good. <laughs> you can hear the cogs turning, the mental gymnastics I'm going through to... Okay, no, it's good. Iphigenia. Well done. Um, I-P-H-I-G-E-N-I-A. Iphigenia. That sounds, that's quite nice. It rolls off the tongue very nicely. Um, so there's, yeah, they've got one version where he's told specifically it's got to be her. In others, I believe he chooses to sacrifice her without prompt, any prompting. Um, <laughs> great I, dad. <laughs> great dad. I recently read The Song of Achilles uh, by Madeline mm. Miller, which is a beautiful book. Read it if you haven't already. It's a dream. Incredibly sad. Anyway, in that version, I believe, is the version I like best, um, which is also the one I'm most familiar with, is that Agamemnon organizes a wedding um, for his daughter and Achilles. Um, and yep. as the ceremony begins, Agamemnon just fucking cuts her throat. <laughs> yeah. Just absolutely slaughters her. And she's unaware of her fate until the very last moment that she is literally stabbed. Um, and as her body fell to the ground, bloodied in her wedding clothes, the wind began to blow months more. <laughs> Very poetic. Brilliant. Um, and as all good Greek myths end, it just doesn't have one death, has many. Yes. So Agamemnon had a wife of his own, Clytemenstra. Clytemenstra? I don't want to say Clytemenstra, but I kind of want to say Clytemenstra. <laughs> It's like the combination of two words that you're like, oh, okay. We're going to say Clitamenstra. I'm going to get some comments being like, you fucking stupid. <laughs> um, but it's funny. Um, she was absolutely fucked off by the fact that her daughter was dead. She yeah, paid the okay. price for her husband's stupid mistake. Yeah. Why couldn't we fucking sacrifice Agamemnon? Right? He should... Like... No, no. <laughs> he's a soldier anyway. we need him against the trojans Ugh. also he has a penis so i guess more important like, yeah, valuable to society <laughs> so clint menstrua he won't, get, yeah. he won't die from a loud laugh i'm sorry i keep going back to that it me <laughs> a strong breeze will not render him incapacitated poor gardening will not take him out <laughs> 
<sighs> oh shit. So Clytemenstra, anyway. <laughs> um, Clytemenstra, uh, she is super fucked up. She murders him mm-hmm. after he returns to Greece after the Trojan War. Um, okay, I'm on board. Yes, but then their son Orestes is, is like a huge daddy's boy and kills his mother for killing his father. And now everyone is oh, dead. Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> Good job, well done. Everyone's dead. Um, Everybody has died. <laughs> um, there are other myths where Iphigenia is uh, saved by Artemis, who turns her into a deer. And another where she uh. is whisked away to become a priestess for Artemis in charge of human sacrifice. Nice. So that's nice. There's some cool like different variations there, but I like that one because there's lots of death, and I feel it's very yeah. tragic. And I remember reading it in the Song of Achilles and feeling very sad. And also, it is written in a way that you don't expect it to happen, oh. and then it suddenly she's dead, and you're like, "Fuck!" And then you realize mm. why, because Dad's oh, an idiot. Alert. Okay. <laughs> um. <laughs> I think, yeah, I think the fun family murder hour is far better, but that's just me. Yeah. Look, that's why I included the uh, possible but maybe not deaths in yeah. my story, because it's always <laughs> more fun when there's more death, yes. which sounds horrible, but look, that's why we're all listening to this, isn't it? That is why we're here, is it not? <laughs> we don't judge here. Alrighty, our final... Sometimes we judge. Oh, always sometimes we judge, but not really. Um, our final shit dad might be my favourite shit dad. So I'm currently reading Neil Gaiman's Norse Mythology, as we mentioned before. Um, And if you're in a reading slump, haven't read a book in a decade, are depressed because COVID is shit, I don't care. Read this book. You will get something out of this book. It is funny. It's good. It It has spectacle. It reads like a dream. And if you don't have time to read, or you you don't have the mental strength to read, or whatever, you don't want to read a physical book, the audio book is on YouTube for free, and Neil Gaiman reads it, and it is like honey. It's really mm. fun as well if you're even remotely a Marvel fan to imagine Chris Hemsworth and Tom Hiddleston in a lot yeah, of yeah, roles. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 100%. Thor the, Thor the transvestite. Is my oh, I love story. that story. I love that story so much because he just eats everything and then it's just, it's so funny. Oh gosh, we have to do another episode where I can talk about more Norse stuff because it's so funny. Yeah. I would also, love to Loki re- as Slipnia and like every uh, oh. Loki, sorry, he makes Slipnia. Maybe that might be. By... This might be. Oh, him. okay. I'll be quiet. <laughs> um, yes, we'll see. But uh, tell us. Yes, our final shit dad is the god of trickery himself. It is Loki, and we all know <gasps> Loki. Sneaky, he's slimy, he's a little shit, but he's also he is Tom Hiddleston. Though. Yes, he's and super fine. <laughs> Goddamn, <laughs> and it. He is exceptionally handsome. He is a gifted flirt. And it seems mm-hmm. a little bit of a slut. But yes. yeah, silver tongue. His pull-out game weak. His pull-out <laughs> game is so weak. So Loki has a lot of kids. More than you might expect yeah. if you're not very familiar with Norse mythos. So first up we have Nari and Vali. Now there isn't much written about these two, but there is one specific story called the, the Judgment of Loki or the Punishment of Loki. Uh, and Love it. it contains these two brothers and Vali turns himself into a wolf and tears Nari apart and then uses Nari's entrails to bind Loki to a set of three stones as punishment and then the entrails turn to iron and he is stuck there. <laughs> so yikes. Mm, so that's, great punishment. that's our first like 
kind of little instance that, hey, sh- like you might not be the best dad, eh? <laughs> Maybe stop having kids. Yeah, but he didn't. So next we, so we've had the twins. Then we have Hel, Fenrir, and Jormungandir, um, who Loki conceived with the giantess Angbroda, which means she who has anguish. It's very battle. Well, yeah, the Norse names have great uh, origins. I love them. Mm. So first we have Hel, who is, when we first meet her in the mythos, she is a young girl, um, one side of her face and body, very beautiful, very young, very youthful. Drop the skincare routine now, hunty. This, the <laughs> other side of her is rotten and dead and falling apart off her body. Me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was just thinking, like, that's my depression. <laughs> <laughs> so the gods are like, hell no, 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 no. And she is sent to the Norse underworld known as Helheim, uh, where she will reign over hell, basically, as queen of the dead. Um, Forever. And her name, Hell, actually means hidden, which is really cool. So mm. the fact that the underworld is hidden under, I like, I like that. It's all really cool and poetic. That's nice. Yeah. It is. Um, and Hell was prophesied to bring about the end of the cosmos by refusing to release the soul of Baldur from the underworld, which is a whole nother mythos story. But it's very cool. Baldur is, um, I believe, he's like, exceptionally old. He doesn't age. Yeah, isn't... uh, There's a story, I think, about Boulder Mm. where Boulder's the most beloved god and it's... It's one of... Fucking um, Odin and... Who's Odin's wife? Um, Shit. Is it Frigg? No. Frigg. Frida. Freya? Frida. Freya? Freya? Not Freya. It's one of... It's Odin's... One of Odin's kids. One of of the many gods <laughs> beautiful female gods yep. and she goes around um basically like asking because everyone loves him so much she's like so i don't want anything to ever happen to him mm-hmm. so she asks literally everything in all of eternity not to hurt it except like thistletoe or something like i don't know it's like a very small unassuming plant so loki yes. being a dick goes and fucking makes like a fucking um dart out of it and then convinces a blind god to throw it because all the gods are trying to throw shit at Boulder to be like, look how it bounces off him. It won't hurt him. Yeah, it's so funny. It. So yeah. Loki gives this little dart to like this blind god and is like, throw it at him. See what happens. And it kills Boulder. That's right. And then they go down and be like, hell, can you please release him? We love him so much. He's like, fuck no. He's mine now. Mine. <laughs> you guys never invite me to anything. Why the fuck would I do shit for you? Essentially. So there's hell. And then we have... Uh... Who do we have next? We have Yormungandir. Yormungandir. The giant serpent. So cool. So um, not only did Loki birth a arguably very beautiful daughter, he also um, helped conceive a very beautiful snake. Uh, So we have the giant serpent, the world serpent, the Midgar serpent. Um, He was really big. And the gods like, what the fuck are we going to do with this big snake? So they toss him into the sea where he wraps himself <laughs> around the realm and holds on to his tail. And it is said that when he lets go of his tail, Ragnarok will begin and he would be destined to kill Thor. Because basically mm. Thor would be like, I'm super excited about fighting this giant snake. So I'm going to fucking fight it. And he does <laughs> kill the snake, but the snake bites him. And then he, once he's killed it, 
He walks nine paces and drops dead because the poison seeps into his body. <laughs> and this is just so Norse. It's, it's wonderful. So we've got... We've got Hell Maiden, Big Snake. Then we have Fenrir. So Fenrir is a wolf. Love it. And Fenrir was once a puppy, but he started to grow and he grew big. So big, in fact, that the gods chained Fenrir to a rock. And the legends say that during Ragnarok, Fenrir would kill Odin. So we want to keep him chained up, basically. We don't want him to kill Odin. Just keep him there. I can't remember... Correct me if I'm wrong, mm. but is it the Neil Gaiman version where, like, or is it a different one, where basically, like, the gods chain Fenrir up because they're like, he's going to cause Ragnarok, and by chaining him up, that's what causes Ragnarok, because yes. he's mad that he got chained up. Essentially. Yes. Yeah. It's something like that, yeah. <laughs> Again, which is just... Some dumb Norse shit that's so fucking It's good. so Norse. They're just, like, they're very... I'm going to... At the risk of causing another round of storms that could very well shit up my power again... <laughs> They're very stupid, aren't they? (laughs) I think that's why I like them out of all the pantheons, like, so much. It's because they do shit that's really human. Yes. Like, it's very funny. They do shit that you're like, like, Thor constantly does shit that someone's like, Thor, we, please, for the love of God. Yeah. Don't eat this. Like, this is really important. Yeah. This thing, if you eat it, will not only kill you. It will also end everything that's ever existed. So just don't fucking eat it, okay? Yeah. And he's like, of course not. I would never eat that. And then he, like, forgets to bring food when he has to go and watch over it or something. Yeah. And then he's just sitting there for a while and he's like, no one will know. I'm going to eat I it. I have just a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's like a naughty he's little Englishman. Himbo. He's like, just a nibble. Yeah. It'll be fine. <laughs> no, he, Thor is the original don't... himbo. He's, he's got a very soft, warm place in my heart. Um, Same. But yes, Fenrir, yes. Like you said, we've chained him up. The the gods have chained him up. We don't want him to start shit. Um, But Fenrir breaks out of his chains because he sees it as a game. He's like, oh, you're trying to test my strength. Well, I'm the strongest fucking wolf ever because I'm massive. So I'm just going to break out of these little chains. Ha ha ha. (laughs) So the gods are like, shit, I've got to like step up our game a bit. So they commission an unbreakable ribbon, Glepnir from the Smith Dwarves, to bind the wolf (gasps) once and for all. And the, the ribbon is made out of, like, the sound of cat's paw prints and lots of other, like, very weird intangible things, which I really like. Ah, that's awesome. Yeah. Mm. So the uh, the gods present Glebnir to Fenrir, and we're like, we're going to tie you up with this. And it's just a game. Like, you went, and, he's, and Fenrir's like, something's off here. Why would you want to tie me up with a ribbon? Like, that's an insult. I'm going to just break out of that. Whatever. Um... So he cut a deal with the gods. One of them must lay their arm inside the wolf's mouth. And if not a trick, he would let them go. But if it was, he would... And he couldn't break free of the ribbon, he would bite. He would take someone's arm. And so there is a god named Tyr, who had grown quite close to Fenrir as he grew up. Like, he used to play with him and look after him and feed him because none of the other gods were, like, a little bit spooked by the wolf. Fair enough. Um... More of a father than Loki fucking was. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, but uh, So he volunteered, put his arm in Fenrir's mouth. Gods tied him up. But when Fenrir could not break free, he kept his end of the bargain, he bit down, and he swallowed Tyr's hand whole. Oh. Very sad. It's very grim. Not your friend. Yeah. Oh. Um, but also fucking fair. Yeah. Like, you need collateral, mm-hmm. and they didn't keep up their end of the bargain. Super didn't. 
So the last of Loki's children is technically not the father. He's the mother. It's Slipnir. Um, <laughs> Odin's eight-legged horse was birthed by Loki after a series of unfortunate events. <laughs> so this is one of my favorite ones. Because I didn't know the full extent of this story until I read Neil Gaiman's book. And it's, it's just really good. So there's a traveler. And he is approaches Asgard, approaches the gods. And he's like, what's up, gods? I'm going to build you a giant fucking wall all around Asgard. Impenetrable. It's going to be so sweet. All I ask is to vote is, Trump. Is, <laughs> and he's holding a picket sign okay. as he goes. He's got a MAGA hat on and everything. Yeah. Um, no, he's, all in return I ask is the sun, the moon, and the goddess Freya. Mm. Um, and everyone's like, I oh, know. Freya especially is like, fuck no. She seems to be bargained a lot in these myths. Yeah. She always seems to be some kind of prize, but she always gets, like, they always get their comp and she always comes out on top. So it's all right. She's a hot commodity. Isn't she the reason that Thor cross-dresses? Like, oh, again, yeah. It's like the ice giants want her yeah, and yeah. Thor's like, I'll pretend to be you. And she's like, fucking what? Yeah, they, they, <laughs> pin- they pinch his, his hammer and then they're like, we'll give it back if you give us Freya. And he's like, fuck no. And then Loki's like, put you in a dress. <laughs> and we'll, Perfect, you're both blonde. And we'll just go there. Because they're all fucking blonde. Um, <laughs> but yes. No, Freya seems to be the catalyst for a lot of these uh, stories. But... um. Yeah, so all the Traveller asks is for those three things. Um, the condition that he will build the wall in three seasons. And Loki, thinking himself real smart, convinces the gods to accept the offer, but only give the man one season. Surely he couldn't complete the job in such a short amount of time. Well, <laughs> the, Freya, uh, the Traveller got pretty damn close. And Freya was really pissed off. Um... So they didn't really expect the Traveller to have such a strong horse. So he had this massive stallion that was, like, exceptionally strong. They were pulling down hundreds of kilos of rock from the mountainside every day. Like, probably thousands even, because it's a mythos story. Um, <laughs> and it was, went up in a season. Like a, a year, a, a year, I guess. It's like one turning, so spring, winter, spring. Spring, mm, winter, summer, okay. whatever. Um, <laughs> it's only two seasons. Cold and not cold. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, and so he was like, well, I've seen the error of my judgment because the, the gods were like, well, if this happens, it's on your head. And we will have your head. So... The king of... That's the thing that gets threatened a lot, yeah. eh? Like, Loki, you fucked this up, so we're going to behead you. And he's like, oh. Oh, I like my head being on my shoulders. Um, <laughs> no stranger to fixing his own mistakes. He transforms himself into the most choice mare to ever exist. Just a really sexy fucking horse. Just <laughs> stunning, long, flowing mane. Like, shiny Is coat. Is anyone else thinking of the... Uh, horse that pain and panic transform themselves oh my into god yes <laughs> <laughs> yeah and then it pulls Just itself apart fucking... and it's like <gasps> yeah. i love it very, i watched good. that the other oh. day actually such a good film mm. oh that's nice all righty so we have sexy horse sexy horse sexy horse sorry that's all right I no 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 it's couldn't good. help it's myself. fine <laughs> 
Um, and Loki seduces the stallion. Mm-hmm. They run off into the uh, um, a nice romantic meadow together. Actually, the passages in Neil Gaiman's book are very descriptive, not of the act, of <laughs> the way the mare looks as it runs around the stallion. It's very like... It's a sexy horse. It's sexy. It's a bit sexy. Um, <laughs> sexy Loki horse. <laughs> and so he, he fucks off with... He, well, he, he does fuck off with the horse. The, they're off, they're gone, and the traveller cannot finish his wall. He cannot find his horse. He does all the whistles and the snaps and the claps to try and get him to, to return. Nothing. And then he can't finish the wall. So he does not get the moon, he does not get the sun, and he does not get Freya. The gods are super happy because oh. they still have a wall um it's just got like one literally like one brick at the top is missing um oh, that fucking horse yeah. can't keep its dick in its pants Jesus. and they got to humiliate someone and, and happy days mm. <laughs> um where's loki so they don't know where he's gone um eventually he comes back to asgard with a beautiful sleek eight-legged freak called slepnir um <laughs> And nice reference. Thank you. And it is said that no one ever speaks of how Odin got his horse because if they did, Loki would bring a wrath down upon them. He's very embarrassed. <laughs> um, and I think all in all, what makes Loki the shittest dad is just that he let all of these awful things happen to his kids, and he never fucking was there, was he? Child support yeah. who? Absent dad. <laughs> <laughs> Um, he just bailed. Yeah, he just bailed. And then, like, so many horrible things happened to the kids, or so many horrible things happened to him because of the kids, and it's just... What the what the, the holiday meals must be like is really fun. I wonder what they do to him for Father's Day. <laughs> Excellent cautionary tale for having children. Essentially. <laughs> Perfect birth control, isn't it? Um, do you know? Yes. I can almost... I really can guarantee that it exists but somewhere out there probably on deviantart probably on rule 34 on reddit Mm -hmm. there is a nude sexy tom hiddleston horse oh there is oh definitely there must be there's definitely definitely a picture of someone somewhere that's made like a weird sexy tom hiddleston horse and it's disturbing and fappable it's out there as (laughs) with all rule 34 content there is if it exists there's (laughs) porn of it Mm-hmm. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> and that were my shitty dads from mythology. Uh, yes! Yay! We have. Thank you. You're welcome. For sources, we have ancient.eu, we have pgopalak.wordpress, uh, norsemythology.org, Britannica, Neil Gaiman's Norse Mythology, Madeline Miller's Song of Achilles, Wikipedia, and also a website that sells um, jewelry. But there's like a whole Ooh. section about m- Norse mythology because all the jewelry they sell is like very Hellenic and like oh. pagan esque. Um, but I was like, this is cool. So I got lots of cool starting off points from there. Oh, yeah. Mm. Is the jewelry nice? It was okay. I liked it. It was oh. very like kind of like the typical stuff you see like a, a shiny Silver Thor's hammer with like all the knots and stuff around it. Mm, cool. Like that kind of stuff on like a on like a leather cord. Hmm. Yeah. Like it. Yeah. Like it. Nice. Fuck yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Thank you. That was really cool. Very, very I really cool. loved listening to that. I loved telling it. Ooh. Alrighty. <laughs> Laces up next. It is time. Continue. Um, just wanted to have a bit of a sidebar. 
Yeah. What's um the what's your what's your personal father's like shining moment of parenting? Okay. Name and shame. There's a couple that spring to mind. <laughs> um, <laughs> my dad uh, is a fucking character. He's a weird person. Um, yeah, no, there's a few that come to mind. But I guess one of the the first ones that I thought of. So in WA, where my parents live, there's a lot of bush. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are these huge pine trees. Uh, and pine trees are extremely flammable. Yes. And they, like, explode a lot of the time. <gasps> Ooh. Um, WA is quite prone to, to bushfires, obviously, just like it is over on the East Coast. But So my parents, the back of their property backs onto just shitloads of pine trees, um, and there was a terrible, terrible fire uh, that sort of swept through that area. And when it happened, my family all live in that same suburb, like my grandparents, my aunties, my uncles, my cousins, mm. all of them live in the same place because they weirdly like each other. Okay. Yeah, my family's um, like that too. I'm the only one. <laughs> we all live in the same, like, within probably like... 300 meters of each other (laughs) yes exactly that's it so i'm the only one that lives over here on the east coast um so my i get a call from my sister going look there's a huge fucking fire um mum's just had her surgery so she can't drive so i'm going home to get her um but i'll update you as soon as i've got her and we're driving out of there so freaking out waiting for all of like the information to happen like oh fuck i hope they get out then finally my dad calls me like an hour later and is like, so we didn't communicate very well and all of us went to get your mother <laughs> and now we can't leave because they've told us it's not safe. Oh, <laughs> so, fuck me. <laughs> so all of my family, my grandparents, my parents, my sisters, uh, my aunties, my uncles, all of them are at my parents' house <laughs> and my dad's on the phone to me talking about it and he's sending me pictures of the flames reaching over the top of oh. my neighbours' houses. <laughs> and then he goes... Oh, by the way, on your phone bill, you had a call to France. What the fuck was that? It was expensive. And I'm like, Dad, I'm about to be a fucking orphan. Why are you <laughs> asking me about a call to France? Oh, that's very good. But he was very upset about it. Um, and by the way, it was a call to Cirque du Soleil to cancel my ticket. Oh. <laughs> yeah, so that's a good idea of who my dad is as a person. That's excellent. Oh, it's a very dad priority thing, isn't it? Um, it is. For me, so I have... A biological father and I have a stepfather um my actual dad is wonderful um I think I don't have any like super like silly ones like that but I have a very fond memory of like because he's a chef um and him cooking and him me sitting on the bench next to him when I was like maybe two or three and him just handing me random pieces of food and me just eating it like it's a very like I guess 90s or even later thing. It's just like, oh yeah, here's a whole radish for this two-year-old. She won't swallow it whole. Because <laughs> um, like nowadays we keep children in glass bubbles apparently. But um, yeah, he was just like, oh, here's all this like random raw vegetables that you could super choke on, but I know you won't because you're not an idiot. Well, I never did choke. I'm still here. So I can't be that much of an idiot, can I? Um, but my stepdad was very... Um, into horror films and that kind of stuff when I was growing up and when I was about, I talked about this on the, sh- the show before, but I think my funniest memory is me going up to him and asking him, hey dad, what's the movie Deliverance? And he's like, let's watch it and find out. And I was just 12 and I watched Deliverance with him and I was quite, 
I was quite shocked, but then I didn't learn my lesson. I was like, hey, next week, hey, Dad, what's The Exorcist? Same, same deal. <laughs> hey, Dad, what's, what's, uh, what's Rumpa Stomper? Again, so we have oh, a movie. Rumpa Stomper. Every, yeah, so we had a movie uh, every weekend, and I would always ask him, what's this weird fucked up film? And he's like, well... I'm just going to show it to you. Let's find out together. Yeah. <laughs> I love that they've both obviously really influenced you as a person because the two things that I associate with you most readily when I think of you um, are food, food and horror uh, movies. And horror. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> yeah. Oh, that's very sweet. Yeah. Well, that's that's my dad's stories, I think. There's plenty more, but they're, they're my favourite ones. Yes, Lacey, please tell us your... Yeah. Actually, your bio dad <laughs> feeding you whatever the fuck. Um... <laughs> You know, transitions nicely to when my father t- had to take care of me by himself for the yes. first time. Mum <laughs> was at probably doing like CWA or some like country housewife meeting where they probably got drunk and talked about Tupperware. And <laughs> I came out to- shit talk their husbands. <laughs> yeah. I came out to dad and I, I said I was hungry. Um, and he didn't know what to feed me. <laughs> Um, he had no. How old did you say you were at I this time? I was five. Oh, so he didn't know. Five years of not knowing what to feed a small child. Yeah, I don't, I'm with. not sure whether he thought I was still breastfeeding or whatever. But you might toast. <laughs> but, but if I was like, just a piece of bread. Yeah, that's what Mum said. <laughs> when Mum came home, she's like, "You can cook her an egg or spaghetti on toast, or you know, just toast an apple, like any of those things. She can eat them now. You know, she's not doing that." Um, she's in. Small thing. In saying that, the only thing he feeds are little calves with bottles. So he probably could have mixed me up formula if he really wanted to. (laughs) But yeah, he didn't know how to feed a five year old. (laughs) Shining, shining moment. What did he do in the end? Well, he took. I sent me to bed hungry. Oh, Dad! Oh god! So like, well, it's too fucking bad, kid. Because I don't know what can go on your mouth. So. Dad, I'm hungry. Okay. <laughs> Fuck okay. me too, mate. I'm hungry. I'm dad. <laughs> Fuck off. I'm hungry. I'm dad. Oh, that was good. Oh, that's oh, awful. Shit. Um, I'm really sorry. <laughs> that's okay. That happened to you. Oh god. Yeah. No, that was definitely a thing for my dad as well. Whenever my mum wasn't gonna be home, which was pretty rare, mm. but like, like it was. We used to do after school care a lot, so like I would, I had figured out how to make continental fried rice, which is something that I oh, associate nice. very strongly with my childhood. Me too. Mm. Oh, it's so good. It's a good comfort um. food. I still eat it sometimes when I'm sad. Great, <laughs> yes, and it's so fucking easy to make. It's not even funny. Um, so that used to be the thing that I would get home and make for my sisters and I. But my dad just had never like we're very English, so he'd come from a background where my nanny cooked everything yep. for everyone granddad doesn't know how to cook I don't think um so dad's not fantastic but he's lived alone for a while when he was in like the navy and stuff um so he could do egg chips and beans so anytime mum was not there it was egg chips and beans beans every fucking time maybe a sausage sounds so good sounds lit (laughs) (laughs) it's actually really good but it's also terrible Mm -hmm. like if you tell someone that's what you're having for dinner they're like what the fuck is wrong with you nah no sign me up yes please I liked it it's a good one. Mm. Mm. All right. What well, do you have a story for us? Are we ready? Yes. Mm-hmm. For John List, the family annihilator. Oh, oh, I have no idea what that family is. Family annihilator is a fucking. Now I have told you both this story over um, many jugs of cider. 
Um, but this is, I had all my information organized. I know all the creepy details. Wonderful. Yay. Now, this is sort of like one of those crimes that'll stay with you because it's just so weird. Yes. I love it. All right. I'm very ready. We're ready. Let's go. Mm-hmm. On the evening of the 7th of December, 1971, in New Jersey, two drama teachers from the local high school walked up the driveway of the mansion known as Breeze Knowles. The mansion was owned by the List family, John List, who was a banker and Sunday school teacher. His mother, his wife, and three children all lived among the Breeze Knowles marble fireplaces, 19 rooms, and a ballroom that had Tiffany skylight that covered the entire roof. All right, Bezos. Gorge. Amazing house. Holy shit. So, lights streamed from every room and they heard the faint sound of music. The teachers walked around the house and peeked through the windows. Their presence at the house was noted and caused the neighbours, William and Shelley Cunnick, (laughs) to call the police. (laughs) When the police arrived, the two teachers explained that Patty List, 16, had not been at school and this was very unlike her and they both couldn't shake the feeling that something was terribly wrong. The neighbours also told the police that the lights were on in the house 24-7, but they had noticed the lights going off one by one. Hmm. The lights mm. blowing? The police decided this was enough evidence to perform a welfare check and broke in. From the moment they smashed the window glass, they smelt a terrible, acrid animal smell... And then they knew that the family was well beyond the need for a welfare check. Oh, God. Ooh. The music oh. that the teachers heard could be heard clearer now, and the police followed the sound to the ballroom. There, they found a recorder, which was playing classical organ music on loop over and over, and it had to be physically turned off. <sighs> what horrible music to hear on that scene. It's grim. That's a bit eerie, music it? is not beside yeah, it's grim. the recorder were four bodies. <gasps> Helen List, 45, and her children Patricia, 16, John Jr., 15, and Friedrich, 13. They had all been shot in the back of the head and laid out side by side with a cloth covering their faces. Oh my god. Fuck. Upstairs, the police found John's 84-year-old mother, Alma. She had been shot through the head, the bullet entering just above her left eye. Her head was also covered with a cloth. The bodies of the List family lay undiscovered in that mansion for 29 days, and their killer, John List, father and devoted husband, had disappeared. So let's go back 29 days. Mm -hmm. Um, On November the 9th, 1971... Um, mm-hmm. John List left a note for the milkman to cancel the delivery. Uh, he then went to the kitchen and shot his wife in the jaw. Oh. Without moving her body just yet, he went up to the mother's third floor apartment, kissed her on the forehead, and then shot her in the left eye. Oh. Her oh, knees broke Jesus. as she fell. <gasps> oh. He then went back dead. downstairs and dragged his wife's body into the ballroom putting her in a Boy Scout sleeping bag on the floor and then tried to clean up the kitchen. Um, Mm -hmm. Then he broke for lunch. (laughs) He sat down at the same table where he'd shot his wife hours before and had a sandwich. Oh, hungry work. So, yeah, so initially um, he was waiting for the kids to come home from school to kill them, but he actually had to pick up his 16-year-old daughter, Patricia, after she called from school saying she was sick. 
He picked her up, God. brought her back to the house, and as she entered, she was shot in the back of the head. He then dragged her to the Fuck ballroom, sake. put her in a sleeping bag. Liz then uh, left the house, ran some errands, did some banking, mailed some letters. He cancelled the newspaper subscription and contacted the children's schools to let their teachers know that the family was going on vacation for a couple of weeks so that they would be missing. Mm -hmm. Uh, Later, he uh, picked up his 13-year-old son uh, after his um, after-school job and then shot and killed him as he entered the house. His body was put with his mother and his sister. And his elder son, John Jr., who was 15, um, was at soccer practice. So John List came and sat in the bleachers and cheered on his son for soccer practice, took him home. (gasps) And he, as he was about to shoot his son in the back of the head like the other two, um, a struggle ensued. And this really pissed off List because how dare you not just die the way I wanted you to. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he ended up shooting his son ten times. Ten? Um, Fucking And hell. then put them in the ballroom and then draped the towels over his faces and knelt down and prayed for each of them before going to bed. Oh. So, oh. Yeah. So the next morning he got up, uh, had breakfast at the killer table, wrote a five-page <laughs> confession to his pastor um, where he explained that the reason why his mother was upstairs and not in the ballroom was because she was too heavy to move downstairs, so he left her upstairs to rot on her own. Jesus Christ, okay. He oh, then shit. walked around the house, turned on all the lights, and cut his face out of every picture, set the record player to play that music on loop, locked the house, and vanished done so brutal him cutting out the pictures of his own face is just 100 percent. it was him Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's all the evidence you need oh (laughs) who's missing from these pictures the husband husband, done you did it wrap it up boys (laughs) we found him so why did john list kill his family why he was a devoted Lutheran. He's a piece of shit. <laughs> yep, that's why. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so he was a devoted Lutheran, and in the uh, letter that he wrote to his pastor, he killed his entire family for religious reasons, he claimed. Oh. Um, hmm. He said that his wife, Helen, had, a, had a stopped attending church services, drank heavily, abused tranquilizers, and stayed in bed for long periods of time. Which, Sounds like know, heaven. We've shit. all had he those He would have murdered days. the fuck yeah. out of me. <laughs> <laughs> His teenage daughter, Patty, wanted to become an actress, which he thought was very unsuitable and sort of like, in his mind, like being an actress was like the same level as being a sex worker, <laughs> um, which is... This is the 70s. This is the 70s. <laughs> it's so funny. So, it's not like it's like the 30s no, or some no, shit. No. So like that's the, like she wanted to become an actress and she was apparently very good at it, like the drama teachers were the ones who were trying to that were her yeah. teachers right. they came to the house to try yeah. and see if she was okay oh god so this all caused him to believe that his family is falling away from god and was going to end up going to hell okay so just send them there early mm-hmm. right consequently he felt that killing them was the only way they would end up in heaven but he didn't mm-hmm. want to kill himself because then he would end up in hell <laughs> Even though he did the uh-huh. big murder. But, okay. Yeah. yeah. But that's fine because it was for God. Yeah. 
apparently. Oh, God. So okay. he'd also, unbeknownst to his family, lost his job at the bank and he had the huge mortgage from the mansion breeze novels hanging over his head. They couldn't afford that house. Oh, Jesus. Fuck. Definitely couldn't afford mm. that house. Well, now someone else can because mm-hmm. it's a murder house yep. and that goes cheap. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but instead of finding other work, um, Liz pretended to go to the office every day, leaving home in the morning and returning in the evening as if he'd worked eight hours. Um, instead, he would just go to the train station and read the newspaper for like eight hours and then come home. Oh, God. The guy that like works at the train station is like, what mm-hmm. the fuck is this weirdo Like doing? He's not out finding another job. He's just reading <laughs> yeah. the paper yeah. from cover to cover for mm-hmm. eight hours. Yep, fucking dipshit. This seems to be a thing, like, because Family Annihilators really interest me. Mm. Um, and that seems to be a thing in a lot of them. Like, they lose their job. And then because a lot of the time it seems like they sort of grew up with money. Yes. Um, so then they don't know what to do because now they're an adult. They don't have someone to sort of usher them along into another job or to, to make connections and get the job for them. So they're just like, oh, well, now everyone has to die because I can't take care of them and because I can't physically go and get another job because I don't know how to do that. Yeah. So they're just fucking useless. They're actually the worst people and they're just fucking terrible. <laughs> yeah. So nobody, like, believes that John Liz killed his family simply for religious purposes. <laughs> that logic doesn't Good. add up. Like, Christianity is, like, pretty nice. fucking clear about, like, not killing people. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. Very clear. It's one of the commandments. There's, there's no, it's kind of like no interpretation not the important there. Ones. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so killers. It's not an important commandment. No. It's, you know. Yeah. Killers like John List are known as family annihilators. Uh, men who kill their whole family because of some narrative that they've become obsessed with. Um, David Wilson of Birmingham City University has divided these cases into four groups Ooh. anomic, disappointed, self righteous, and paranoid. Ooh. Now it's very tell us it's everything. More common for family nighters to be Caucasian, um, mm-hmm. and it's far more likely for a family nighter to be a man than a woman. If it does mm. occur, it's rare, and they often have different reasons outside of these four like categories. Okay. For example, Diane mm. Downs was a family yes. nighter. I did her for shit mums, and yep. she killed her narcissism. kids because she wanted to be with her uh, boyfriend. Mm-hmm. So. Here we go. Here we go. The anomic killer sees his family as a status symbol. When his economic status collapses, he sees them as surplus to requirements. Oh, <laughs> God. Some lovely American psycho Brady Sinella shit. Yeah. <laughs> um, the disappointed killer seeks to punish his family for not living up to his ideals. That's what John List was. They weren't living right. up to his ideal of that perfect family. So they mm-hmm. needed to go. The self-righteous killer destroys the family to enact revenge on the mother. And the act mm. he blames her for is like, he calls up and says he's killed all the kids. That's that person. Yeah. Right. And finally, the paranoid killer who kills their family in what they imagine to be an attempt to protect them from something else. Um, like people who um, kill all their family with Y2K and things like that. Oh, yeah. The world kind of shit. Yeah. Okay. So it's very interesting. Um, actually, the... Most, more like uh, when I had a look at the family annihilator list on Wikipedia, um, the most, uh, the more modern ones were actually three Australian men. Oh, really? Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, shit. Um, was one of them in Western Australia, yep. Ellen yep. Brooke? 
yeah, one of them. that's where my my family lives in that suburb. Um, it's a big suburb, so I'm not doxing myself. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, yeah, um, I remember that happening. That was not very long ago at all. No. It's, and it's in Coolamon, yeah. which is a part of the suburb that I used to live in. So it's very um, – and they, they need to enact that control and that power. That's all that – that's what they need to do. So in 1989, on a Sunday evening in May, the show America's Most Wanted aired a segment about John List. The show featured a bust sculpture made by forensic artist and all-time amazing champion Frank Bender of what he thought that John List would look like today. So it was part art and also part forensic science and part psychological profile. So they aged mm. him up. That's fine. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they wanted to see, like they said, he would be a part of that church group. He would be a Lutheran person. He would mm-hmm. try and get another like um, high standing job in accounting or finance, um, mm-hmm. and he would be looking for a fresh start. He might have already re- remarried. Um, okay. But one thing that Bender was particularly um, about one final touch of the bust was a pair of glasses. Uh, Bender said that List would not be vain enough to wear contact lenses. But he would wear a pair of glasses that was different from those he wore before the murders. Um, He said he would wear thick, dark frames um, so that he could hide, in a sense. Um, There would also be, um, like, disguise the fact that he was a failure and make him appear more sciencey, more important than he really was. (laughs) Um, So this went on TV. Mm Mm-hmm. A call came in to the tip line from a woman who said that the bust looked exactly like a man called Robert Clark who went to her local Lutheran church in Richmond, Virginia. Oh, God. So this tip proved very fruitful. And List was arrested and he was wearing (gasps) the exact same pair of glasses as the bust. Fuck! How fucking vindicated would you feel if you were that dude? You'd be like, yes, I told you! Oh, my God! So... Uh, on that Sunday, on that same Sunday evening that that neighbour was watching the show, uh, Robert Clark was watching America's Most Wanted with his wife on the sofa beside him and she didn't pick out that it was him. Or did she? And she was like, nah, 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 nah. So he'd remarried, he'd gotten a job as an accountant and he got really involved in his local Lutheran church. So like everything Mm -hmm. they said that he would be. And because he'd cut his pictures out of every single photograph in the house, they really didn't <gasps> know what he would look like, and they were basing it on pictures of his parents that a distant relative somehow had. <gasps> oh! Oh, wow! Okay. What about that? Even more impressive. Shit. So, God, that's yeah, good. 18 years after the List family murders, John List was caught, sentenced to life in prison, where he died in 2008 of pneumonia, and nobody claimed his remains. Good! Yep. So, in closing, um, years after the murder, the mansion Breeze Knolls uh, was destroyed by arson, um, leaving not very much behind. However, in the rubble of the burnt-down house, investigators found the stained glass skylight that adorned the ceiling in the mansion's ballroom. 
the skylight. Oh, the Tiffany skylight. Tiffany skylight was at the time was valued at more than a hundred thousand dollars at the time of the murders. <gasps> Holy which shit! Which means List could have easily solved his family's financial problems simply by just selling that fi- one fixture. Done. Fucking, Fucking hell. hell! He would have paid <laughs> off um, the mansion and had so much extra. So here's the thing. That like the bodies were staring up at this Tiffany skylight that could have been their salvation. <gasps> oh, oh my god! Oh, it wasn't fucking <gasps> miserable. Um. So that's Holy another. Th- so here's the thing. He could have sold that. He didn't. Mm-hmm. He wanted a fresh start. He killed them anyway. Like that's that kind of yeah fucking asshole. Well, the other th- like yeah definitely because that's the f- first thing that I also think as well. And the other thing is like what we were saying before fucking idiot doesn't know the value of anything because i don't know anything about whether or not he was brought up with money but i'm assuming that he had some money when he was growing up just because it fits the bill but yeah doesn't know the value of things doesn't know how to make money outside of the one job that they have been trained how to do and they're fucking stupid Mm. oh so mad so i've just put in the group chat and also instagram a picture of uh breeze knolls and you can see in the second picture um this sort of big black square that's the tiffany skylight and here's what a similar one looked like in another mansion around the same time so it's not like it was very <gasps> it's not like it was you know oh it's camouflaged true. right it's beautiful <laughs> oh my god oh that's stunning mm. what a f- oh mm. 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 i've said all i need to say i'm gonna just repeat myself out of rage no. he he wanted to kill him but yeah yeah. yeah, fresh start. It was their yeah. fault. Um, yeah, they weren't doing what God wanted, mm. and by God I mean me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> God had nothing to do with this. That is for damn yep. sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so he has expressed uh, sadness for quote the tragedy that happened in seventy one unquote. <laughs> the tragedy. Yeah. He doesn't. You mean when I fucking murdered everyone. He doesn't say like, oh my wife, my this, not the tragedy. Nothing. Very detached, um, but he. That's not his he fault. Was very cold, um, according to his like, like, sh- like prison shrink. Um, mm. Yeah, fucking prick, eh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. So the sources. Yes. Criminalminds.fandom.com is amazing. Murderpedia, <laughs> all that's interesting.com, Film Daily Co, and Medium.com, as well as Wikipedia. So there you go. Oh, Thank you. That was amazing. So I oh, I'd actually had heard of that one, but I didn't know the fact about the skylight at all. Mm. That's fucked. That's fucked. <laughs> right? Yeah. That is gonna sit oh. with me for a really long time. Mm. Huh. Huh. I went through a few different family annihilators when I was um looking for like what story to yeah. do for this one and fuck there's so many and they follow a very, very similar, similar formula every yep. time yeah and they all like prepare yep yeah um, they plan like so obviously hard in advance yeah. canceling the paper yeah mm-hmm. yep cancel the paper like because it's just it's such a normal thing for them to do yeah. like that's sort of how i see it anyway they're just like oh i it's not a spree killing or anything like that or like a a sudden snap it's a all right, well, we're going away for holiday, except I'm the only one going because they're all going to be here dead. Mm-hmm. So I better cancel the paper, make sure that I tell the milkman we're not going to be here. Like, it's just fucked. It's so premeditated. <sighs> yep. 
Yes, very. Yeah. Like, you can't even argue about no. it. It's just... Dude thought that through. Mm-hmm. What a shit dad. <laughs> shit dad. Terrible dads. Shit yeah, dads. A, lo- a bunch of really shit dads. Yeah. Happy Father's Day, dads. Happy Father's Day, guys. Makes me really happy that I have such a good dad. Mm, thanks, yeah, dad. thanks, dad. I mean, he, for- I'm still- he forgot to feed me, but that's cool. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, still a messed up kid, but you tried. <laughs> Um, yeah. So there we go. Excellent, wonderful. Yay. Loved it. Yes. That was a good episode. Mm. No, it was <laughs> really good. But perfect balance of sillies and horrible Horror- things horrible and misery things. and all the things we love here at the Weird Sisters. Love it. Um, exactly. And if you like the Weird Sisters as much as we like weird shit and telling you weird shit, please find us at weirdsisterspodcast.com. All our socials are there. Come say hi. Facebook's pretty active. We like to share some cool shit on there every now and then. Come join us. It's fun. Come hang. Yeah. So, we get bored. Yeah. We're in lockdown. Oh, God. we're. It's been extended. We're still in lockdown. Yeah, to the 28th of September. Is that correct? That's when the, uh, the next steps start beginning. So we don't expect to go back to normal until late October or mid-November, actually. <laughs> Well, we actually, though, after 300 people decided to go protest. Yeah, so we'll see. All of the, uh, mm. the little asterisks were like, as per health official advice. Mm. So oh. we don't know what the fuck's going on. But if you were one of those uh, protesters um, in Melbourne the other day, please unsubscribe from this podcast. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we want to go to the pub. Yeah, we want to go and fucking share a <laughs> jug of cider. Fuck you. <laughs> Stop making it difficult. Well, on that, okay. on that note, happy Father's Day. Happy Father's Day. Happy Father's Day, Daddy. Thank you, Dundee. Uh, bye. bye. Thank you for listening. Bye. bye. <laughs>